0: Uh, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you once again to our morning television program. Those that are listening on radio, shortwave, social media, welcome. We're in our college classroom, our chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience. And I have Maria Moore. She has a prophetic anointing and she's going to be sharing today. Maria?
1: Thank you. Hallelujah! Isn't it a glorious morning? Thank you so much for joining us, and we're just going to have a great time today in the Lord. We just thank God for His anointing, that we can know Him with our studying and renewing our mind, and we can also know Him according to the Holy Spirit. Today's teaching is going to be on a prophetic documentary. It's something that the Lord has put on my heart, especially this time of the year. I go to Gloria Zion. I live in Corinth, Texas. We go to Apostle Chuck Pierce's church And there's a lot of teaching on following the Hebrew calendar. And so I just want to talk about this month. This month in the Hebrew calendar is a month of Tammuz, T-A-M-M-U-Z. And it's a month where you reflect on your life, much like the old film strips. You can take the still frame so you can look at each frame. And so it's recounting the wonders of God in our lives, rehearsing our history with Him. And it's a prophetic documentary in that you can see either through your natural understanding or the Holy Spirit. And so this is what I'm going to be teaching on is just really coveting and learning how to walk more in a biblical understanding, more of a revelation knowledge. And so this documentary is a whole lot like the plot of a movie, an older movie called The Matrix. Has anyone not seen The Matrix? Quite a few of us. Okay, The Matrix is basically science fiction. It's about a man who wakes up one morning in an alternative life. Not in like history, but like there's the Matrix, which is in this science fiction thing. It's that the whole world is run by machines. And then there's the life that he's known all of his life. He had something to do with videos and stuff. He was kind of a techie guy. And so the plot of it is that he has a choice in the middle of the movie. He can either take the red pill, which will be a life-changing truth that will change his life forever. He'll never be able to return to seeing his world the same way again or he can take the blue pill and stay in ignorance and just live his mundane life and because they want the movie to go on for an hour or so he chooses the red pill (laughs) he chooses truth okay so in the spirit it's it's like that you know that's an allegory but it's through faith we know. Jeremiah 33.3 3 is a scripture that is near and dear to my heart. It's in the Bible, obviously, and it also came to me in a dream. The Lord showed me life, kind of like what Peter had when he had that vision of a blanket coming down, and God told him to eat things that were unclean. And he realized through revelation that he was talking about Gentiles could become a part of the faith. So this experience with me in this dream was that I saw life come down like in a blanket. It was kind of like a map in that I could understand Washington State and Florida But I didn't have to understand Florida to understand Washington State. We have lots of different things in our lives. We have family. We have church. We have relationships. We have work. We have understanding and learning and other relationships. And so as I'm looking at this, and I I have an understanding of it, even though it wasn't in my language, I knew enough of it that it was like that. It was segmented in the dream I said what is this and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me he said you don't understand this because you don't understand the heart of the matter in the middle of the map like communication dropped out and a whole new communication came up and it was another language it was not a human language but I knew it was a language and it was understanding it was thought and I said what is this and the Holy Spirit said Jeremiah 33 3 So that scripture in the Amplified, I'll read it, Jeremiah 33, 3 in the Amplified, call to me and I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understanding that you don't have and cannot distinguish. And the message translation, it says it this way, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. A lot of Christians don't experience the fullness Of the truth of the Bible because they think that they have to figure it out all on their own. And it's important to put an emphasis on renewing your mind. That's like the ingredients to a recipe where the Holy Spirit can reach into you understanding the Bible and studying the Bible and renewing your mind, and he brings it into your spirit through your heart, and then you know you have a higher revelation. You have a spiritual understanding of the things that you already know to be true in your mind, but your heart agrees to it. It's like the way that salvation happens. You know, somebody hears the gospel through the knowing and the natural reasoning is they hear the gospel. The Holy Spirit reaches into that service or that sunrise or that relationship and he breathes on it revelation so that we really understand it. Because our natural mind, even if it's renewed, does not understand the things of God. We have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have this this greater knowing. So Holy Spirit brings revelation to it. And then from the heart, it comes back out through our, our soul and, and, um, and out of our mouths and from our hearts we confess salvation and it manifests in the earth realm. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the vehicle that all of this happens by is, like I said, from the heart you confess. But there's, there's a faith that comes with the breath of God, when when the breath of like like that whole salvation thing, they hear the gospel. The Holy Spirit breathes on it, becomes rhema. and what that is is it's God saying something. It's the breath of God. And Hebrews eleven one. This is out of, amplified again. Now faith is the assurance, the co- the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction. Of their faith, perceiving as real faith that which has not been real, revealed to the senses. So by faith we see the unseeable, we understand the unknowable. It's you know, it's <coughs> the currency of heaven. And it comes from the breath of God. So here is a prophecy prophecy for you. Like like a pastor says, I, I move in the prophetic. Thus saith the Lord faith comes from my lips to your ears that's god speaking when god speaks faith manifests faith lives not in the future or in the past but right where they kiss faith is now faith in is the is birthed in a heart that responds to god's anointed utterance of the anointed one so a lot of people get faith mixed up with with um, positive thoughts, or um, hopefulness. Hope is mentioned in that faith chapter, but it's not faith. Faith is a substance. Um, Faith is not presumption, hope, or optimism, but feeds on impossibilities, which is crazy good. Um, You know, when I first came to that understanding, I thought, what? You know, when I get into an impossible situation, then I feel like my, my faith is this big but really faith grows as we exercise it faith comes faith grows faith is a gift from God all of us after we're born again have a measure of faith as a matter of fact you can't get saved without faith and it's God's faith and it's a gift from God and it's different than positive confession or other things um, one of the th- when we went to Uganda, uh, one time Dennis was on a board and there was like 300 orphans over there and the man that was reading it, uh, leading it, he, he was a pastor, was um, misappropriating the funds. He was using the funds that were supposed to take care of these orphans and building it on his church and sending his kids to private school and, and building another school that we didn't know about. And so the kids were suffering and Dennis and I and another woman who was on the board, we all went over. To Uganda, and I got the short straw, and I got to talk to the pastor in in this open air cafe. And um, before that happened, I wasn't supposed to be on the trip. I was going to be working. My schedule shifted. I was I joined the team, and I was there as MRS. You know, I was Mrs. Maria Moore. I, I didn't have any place in it other than I got to go to Uganda. And so, <laughs> and so they, you know, the devil was surprised at my boldness in this because I have such a heart for kids it's one of the reasons why it took me a long time to get to Africa because I was worried about how I'd react to the suffering of the children and um, but before we went there was this old movie, you're going to think I just watch movies all the time but it's not true <laughs> Decades ago, I tried to watch this movie called uh, Men Who Stare at Goats. It's an old, it's it's an old movie. It's a stupid movie. I didn't even watch it uh, much. I just watched the first part of it. But it was about these soldiers who would stare at fainting goats thinking that ESP would work and the goats would faint and they were going to use it against the Nazis in World War II and they were going to win the war with this ESP. It was a stupid plot. I couldn't even watch it. So years later, this m- movie title goes through my head, Men Who Stare at Goats. And I'll be doing something else, Men Who Stare at Goats, and it just kept coming back. And that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He, he kind of, he just keeps hitting us with an idea. Sometimes it's presented in different ways, but for me it was just this title. And he said, you know what, Maria, you think that if, it... No. first of all, I said, Lord, are you saying something to me? And immediately the Holy Spirit responded to me and he said, Maria, you're just like those men in that movie. You think that if you stare at that problem long enough, you're going to find the solution. And I'm telling you, the solution is in me. It's not in the problem. And so when I confronted this this man who had hold held all of these Ugandans in terror with his witchcraft, he was he was sleeping with a witch, and awful things were happening. Um, I was able to just get the keys to the to the. He he had all the property locked up, and we got the keys and in two weeks we were able to set a righteous government over that work that's still standing today. And it was absolutely impossible in the natural realm and totally probable, impossible as we pressed into the Lord our God. So I just want to talk a little bit about one of the the heroes of faith. One of the guys that is mentioned all through the Bible, Jacob. Jacob's sticks and stone. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit, I just want to uh, encapsulate what uh, Genesis 28 through 30 says about Jacob. It's just basically Jacob was, was born to Isaac and Rebekah. He had a twin brother, Esau, and they didn't get along that well. And Jacob deceived his brother to steal the blessing. We all kind of know this story. He was a deceiver, and so he was sent away because he was afraid his brother was going to kill him. And then in a certain place, on a certain time, on a certain night, Jacob had a dream. And a stone becomes a pillow and then a monument. And the place becomes not a desert or wilderness wasteland, but becomes the very house of God because of his dream encounter, because he encountered God. I want to talk to you a little bit, just a little sidebar on the house of God. We always talk about the house of God, not being mortar or a building, but the people, but it's really encounter. It's when we as individuals and people come into the presence of the Lord. According to this Bible, mention, first mention of the house of God is an encounter with God all by himself, running for his life, or going back to to the promised lands, or running for his life the first time. It's another encounter where it's he's going back. So out of this place of encounter, Jacob makes a vow to God that if he pr- proves himself faithful to, then the Lord indeed would become his God. And he talks about tithing in that in that pledge to the Lord. Then Jacob meets Rachel, the love of his life, and then her father, Laban, becomes treacherous with Jacob and tricks him for years and steals from him and keeps him from coming into prosperity. So Laban places sticks in the livestock's drinking water to change the white-wooled sheep's uh, that were strong and were uh, good stock into um, different colors so that he could get the best of the flock because he had made a deal with Laban that all this the sheep that were black and striped and, and spotted were his. And so Laban took all of the colored sheep out of the flock, moved them three days journey away from Jacob. And he says, okay, you can have anything that comes out that's not white. And so... Jacob does this stick trick, and I've, I read a lot of commentaries on it, and they all say, "Well, this is some kind of uh, you know trick that the the shepherds did." And then I, I read the science people, and they the people the creationists, and they said that indeed there's substances in those particular woods that, placed in in the feed of a pregnant uh, lamb, they started with mice, will alter the color of the fur and so there's all of these ideas and we know that Jacob prospered both in children and wealth as he leaves back to his inheritance in Canaan and then you have to really go to Genesis 31 9 through 14 to really see that Jacob had a red pill encounter he had a personal encounter with the angel of the Lord pre-incarnate Jesus uh, that turned the, the, the sheep's coats to different colors. And the angel of the Lord comes to him in a dream again, and God says to him, he says, I see how Laban has treated you, and he, uh, that God took the best of the flock away from Laban's illegal gains and uh, by changing the reproduction of the sheep. So it was really God's hand in all of this. God re- reminded Jacob that the Lord himself is the God of Bethel, the place of encounter, the house of God. That Jacob had anointed a pillar, that pillow, and made a vow to him. And so you see this, this encounter is what really changed it. And it was his recounting. God instructed Jacob to return to his fathers and, the people, and his people and promised him that he'd be with him. And so there's this, this huge encounter that isn't apparent in the first one. My question is... Uh, I'm I'm a prophetic minister, and I, I have done a lot of intercession. And some of that intercession has come with prophetic acts. There's just things that we do that make really no sense to our natural minds. And I kind of wonder, with, you know, like I, I started off with Jacob's stones, uh, sticks and stone, you know, this stone that becomes a pillar, that becomes a monument, that becomes the house of God. And these sticks were, in my mind, a prophetic act. The angel of the Lord had visited him one time during a breeding season and said, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the male uh, sheep dark and that and the sheep born will become all these different colors." And there's even that breed in in the Middle East today, that old breed, they call them Jacob's sheep. And so he's throwing these sticks into the water during breeding time saying, "God, I remember. What you said to me, I remember you were going to give me my due, my wages, even though Laban is cheating us. And you know, right now we're in the middle of a time where there's a lot of people and a lot of authority and a lot of power that think that they have one up on us and they've been cheating us and they've been scheming and they've been doing things behind closed doors that have not been seen, but the Lord sees and if we will put our hope and our trust in Him, if we will come into a relationship with Him and we believe Him that He is a talking God, He talks all the time, we need to have our uh, our hearing ears on so that we can hear Him speaking to us saying, He sees this and it's going to change in Jesus' name. So we have to be careful how we hear because we can have a much different story like we see the 10... The 12 spies, when they get to Canaan the first time they see it, 10 of the spies had a bad report, and then there was two of another spirit. And we have to have that other spirit. We have to be careful how we hear. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, in the Passion Translation says, "...things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all of his lovers." all those who love him. Lovers of God, and this is uh, amplified, classic, lovers of God are those who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed on them. So we have to be careful how we hear. This is another way of that 1 Corinthians two nine is, is about things... Uh, Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, the good things that God has for those who love them. And so we think that it's other people that don't see that. But we are just as capable as someone who has not been born again to go into our natural reasonings and not understand the good things that God has brought to us, even in this season. You know, like as the worship went forth, there was a lot mentioned about healing and about how the healing of the Lord was present to heal. You know, I know that teachers that teach on things, you know, like Mario Murillo, he'll call out a miracle and then he says, check yourself, see if you can move that leg, whatever. And it's because he's wanting to demonstrate that God is truly in their midst and that there's miracles happening. And so he's doing it to edify everyone so everyone can see the works of God. But the way that we receive a miracle is God says it and we bring it into the now. We don't wait while my knee still hurts. If God speaks it God will speak the end from the beginning because he exists in eternity and that's where revelation knowledge exists and that's where faith exists. It's outside of time. Time was given to us so that we wouldn't remain in our sin. When it comes to receiving the miraculous, when it comes to moving in the supernatural now faith. It's a now thing. It's like I heard the Lord and what what Mario just said, and I know that the Lord has touched my body, and so your, your confession changes from petition to proclamation, I am healed. When you hear the voice of the Lord, you say, I am healed, regardless of what your body is saying, regardless of what the circumstances are saying. Once you hear that, you bring it into the now, because that's where faith exists, and and. In a certain appointed time, it manifests. But you're, that's how you you change and you shift and you move with God. So I'm just going to bring it full circle here. We're in the month of Tammuz, and there's three important things that have happened in the Jewish calendar during this month. Two of them are directly related, and the other one um, is as well, but not as as closely. Uh, the Ten Commandments came in this month. Moses went up on the hill of the Lord, and when he came back down, they were afraid of him because his, he was full of the glory, and his face shone, and he wore a veil. Um, and also, the children of Israel, who chose to send Moses up to the hill, they didn't want an experience, they didn't want a personal encounter, they didn't want an encounter with the Lord, they sent him up, they wound up with a golden calf. They, you got to believe somebody, you know, and that's what they did. And so those two things are directly related. You know, there's there's that encounter we can press in. You know, God doesn't change, but his times and seasons do. And so this is a time when we can press in for those personal encounters. This is this this year in particular It's a bet, B-E-T, it's a bet year, where it's a house. We're to build the house in faith, houses and containers and and structures. There's things in our lives that can contain the glory of God. If we build it, he will come, sort of thing. And the thing of it is, is if we put our structures, if we get our houses right, if we get our personal temple right, our personal relationship with the Lord right, then the son of, of glory, the son of God can step out of this this house of ours, onto the steps and into our sphere of influence and manifest in signs and wonders and miracles. And that's true for us personally, in our families, in our relationships, in our, in our church structures. And so the, the other event that happened was the day that the sun stood still, Joshua 10. Joshua was a young man who uh, was, was born in Egypt, went through the whole wilderness thing with the children of God, Uh, when the tent of meeting was erected where Moses would go into this particular tent outside of the camp and go meet with the Lord, Joshua would go in with him. And when Moses left the tent, Joshua didn't. Joshua was always in the presence of the Lord. Joshua was always seeking to um, enlarge his personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When we're born again, we are invited into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And a lot of times the only time you hear about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is if you're giving a salvation call. And we tend to forget. We get busy with the works of God and we, we we become his servants and we start, you know, doing doing rather than being. And so my friends, this is a time where we can really press in and ask the Holy Spirit to change our hearts. We can believe something with renewing our minds and our faith our our heart can have another opinion belief comes from the heart and the only way i can't believe something i don't believe but god has left the holy spirit with us and his light and his truth with permission because he's never going to violate our will can change my heart so we can welcome the holy spirit into those little crevices of our heart that have doubt and unbelief in it and say holy spirit expose it Help me to turn from it. Help me to believe from my heart, and not from a natural reasoning. That's an enemy of faith when you're when you're when you're pressing in for the miraculous. So what what Joshua did, all of us can do. It, it says in Daniel eleven thirty two b, those who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. The reason why he could command the this, this son to stand still is at the beginning, before the battle began, he had a personal uh, encounter with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I've given the Amalekites to you, all those kings. There were like five kings that had come against some people that were related to the Israelis. Um, and he says, I've given them to you. Go and get them. You have them all. And so he's running out of time. And so he looks at the sun in front of all of Israel and says, sun, stand still. We're going to finish this battle. And it wasn't something that was, it was something that was birthed in his heart because he knew God. He knew God's. he had already had that encounter. God had already spoke to him that this day, this day, this day, you will totally overcome and take them because I've given them into your hand. And so let's come into a living relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let's grow in our friendship with God. This is, like I said, it's a bet year. It's a a year to grow in relationships. This whole 10-year cycle is about the face of God in our face and about talking with the Holy Spirit so if if we will grow in that area we're going to see the glory of God on it on a level that we have not seen it personally or corporately So let's just close in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to come and enlarge us and to, to show us those areas Holy Spirit, we know what your word says and we fully agree with your word, Lord, but there's times when our natural reasonings discount it, and we doubt in our hearts what you've said to us, Lord. And so, Lord, we just ask you that you would come, Holy Spirit, with your light and your breath so that we will hear your voice and we will come into faith believing what you say is true. Lord, I... I ask you Lord that that your ways and your voice would become so apparent in us that we could not have another opinion yeah. we wouldn't waver between two opinions that we would know you and do those exploits in Jesus mighty name amen
0: amen, amen. praise the Lord I'm sure you thoroughly enjoyed that how I many did you enjoy her oh, yes. Yes. do you want to hear her again yes. I'll have her back <laughs> I'll tell you she moves, like I said, prophetically. Her husband moves apostolically, and that's a great combination. I know that's what my wife and I do. We're apostolic prophetic. This is Jonathan Hansen. I hope you've enjoyed today's Warning Radio program. You can look at my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and you can listen to my daily programs. You can also watch my television programs, both on cable stations as well as social media. My phone number, 360 629 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Please give us a love gift so we can continue to sound the alarm either by telephone or my website. God bless you.